the squared circle action figure podcast as you heard from the great joel gertner i'm your host will the thrill and i'm your co-host joe static hey joe you're back this week i've made a return i was kind of like sting after 96 bash at the beach and uh you know i took a little hiatus for a second and i actually have uh makeup on right now crow makeup so it might be a little different for this show I mean, I thought you were going to say Sting making his comeback in 2020. He'll talk about a hiatus there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into that in a couple minutes. Of course we are. You know we are. And remember, everybody, we want you to subscribe to this podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. Go follow us over our, also on our YouTube channel, The Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Joe, I was very surprised. You know, we got this live stream coming up actually tomorrow, which is going to be super fun. And we'll give you the details shortly, guys. But I was actually surprised on our subscribers, man. Our subscribers are getting up there. We're almost at 100. And we I'm not even doing any videos, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the content, man. I think I mean, there's some major players out there. But, you know, we, we sprinkle in our little uh, take on things. And I think people are going to enjoy that as well. I think so, too. I think people are starting to enjoy it. And they love the dynamic here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. So if you do like us, remember, go over to the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, watch our videos, hit the like button, comment. We'll answer your comments. You know, we'll, we'll definitely be interactive with you all. And don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast and haven't already written a review, write a review because we're still getting really good reviews. I posted a couple of reviews this week, which was fun. Thank you all for writing the reviews. And if you do write those reviews, we will post them on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at SQDCircleAFP. So go follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm really trying to build those fig hunts on Instagram, Joe. I mean, you've seen them. I've been posting them pretty regularly, man. Yeah. I always enjoy, you know, the floor in the beginning. That's my favorite part. You know, you got to get the Walmart or Target floors when you walk in. Other than that, they're pretty enjoyable, you know? I think so. I think they're fun. You know, I think... gets people hyped up and people watch them. They like them. So we're going to continue to do them if you like them. Sometimes I'm guilty of forwarding to when I see the toy aisle. Like I'll, I'll, sk- I'll like skim through it until I see when you're in the actual aisle a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I'm the only one out there. I think a lot of people do that, man. <laughs> I'm like, let me get to, you know get it, to the aisle. Yeah, because if you don't, you're going to see a lot of floor. You're going to see a lot of people that you don't want to see. Especially if you're in Walmart. You're talking about a lot of cross-site overweight people? Oh, 
we haven't even started the podcast. All right, we got to tone it down a little bit here. <laughs> Everybody, Static's back, baby. I'm back, man. Full effect. And yes, you can buy socks there even if they're $5 a pack. It's okay. No problem. As long as they keep you free warm, hell, why not, right? <laughs> so go over Instagram TV. Go over to the Instagram, go over to the Twitter at SQD Circle AFP and follow us there. And thank you so much for everybody that's currently following. And thank you so much for everybody that's already written a review. And thank you so much for everybody, obviously, that's listening to this podcast. So, Joe, wow, I don't know where to begin. I guess we have to begin with the live stream, baby, because tomorrow is our first ever YouTube live stream, the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020. So I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about this, maybe give some brief rules for the top 10. We got some giveaway packages. I don't know. Where do, what do you think? Or do you want to just kind of leave it all for the live stream? I think it's better to leave it for the live stream, especially the giveaways and you know what we have planned. I mean, as everybody knows that's interested in the live stream, we'll be going over the top figures of 2020, which is going to be a lot of fun. This will be our first live stream together as part of the show. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so it'll be our first show technically together uh, live. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to have a bunch of figures out. We're going to do some reviews. We're going to do some unboxings. We're going to get a little crazy here. We're going to obviously have these awesome giveaway packages. So just real quick, I've been teasing them. We're going to do three giveaway packages. Get some trivia going. That I can say, I'm going to say. But I like your idea. Everybody's got to tune in, man. Tune in to find out what's going on, what we're giving away, what we're doing, what are the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast top figures of the year, the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And... We're making a little pit stop before. We're going to see uh, going to see our friends over at Funkin', making a little early morning trip. Little little bo, little onions in the morning. Old fur coats, old expired pet products from 1992, and a couple of wrestling figures. Oh yeah, fried batter bo. <laughs> And it screams, it screams English Town, New Jersey. Are you thinking? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you hoping that guy's going to be there with the Hasbro's? A part two. Oof. I wonder how he dresses in the winter. That'll same, be interesting. Same outfit, guaranteed. Same <laughs> outfit. Except he's got that huge puffy coat on this time. You yeah, I, mean? I forgot about yeah. the huge puffy he's coat. He's got the coat yeah. and the boots and everything on. Maybe like do a little Timberlands with a puffy vest or something, <laughs> you know? Hey, man, I might, Short I might buy that doink this time. I don't even know now. Interesting. I wonder if there's going to be moisture in the figures this time of year. <laughs> oh, my God. Who knows? You, you got to wonder, but it would be fun if somebody like that was there. But anyway, I, I've been seeing uh, Funkenstein, you know, they, they're constantly getting new stuff in and probably stuff they don't post. So I'm uh, looking forward to looking around again this time. Yeah, if you go over, and we've been a huge, huge, huge advocate for them, go over to their Facebook page, Funkenstein's Wrestling Superstore Facebook Man, they just posted a sick LJN collection, and I didn't even see it until you mentioned, because, you know, you were like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to go. So I was like, all right, let me just see what they've got in, and whew, they got a sick LJN collection. They had some hot, hot, hot items that they sold for really good prices. So, hey, 
congrats to anybody if they listened to this podcast and got some of those LJNs because some of them, like the Haku and the Blackstrap Andre, man, those were primo prices, man. Really good prices by Funkenstein. I feel like that's how the prices should be nowadays, but... You know, I think Funkenstein keeps a little more real than a lot of people. I think they do. I think they're fair, right? And we can go on ad nauseum about that. Yeah, we're going to do a little pit stop. Funkenstein's Wrestling Superstar, Sunday morning. Really, really early Sunday morning. Come back here. I should have most of the stuff set up, so I got lighting. We're going to look good. We got a good camera. We're going to do our best, guys, to give you the best pictures of the wrestling figures in their package. We're hashtag mint on card for life here and take some out of the package but it's just going to be a very very fun day i'm looking forward to it it's kind of like christmas negative 0.1 or something <laughs> leading up to christmas <laughs> and then the, i don't know but we are definitely going to have a lot of fun on our youtube live stream the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020 so go over to youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit the notification button so you're reminded, again, that Sunday, this Sunday, December 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talking about smelly places, Joe, you were in a gym last weekend, which is one of the reasons why you couldn't make the podcast. You were selling some toys again, man. What's getting into you? You're selling everything. I was at the uh, Wayne Toy Show doing one last pit stop. I'm saying pit stop every five seconds on the show this week. Yeah, I was doing one last show, end of the year. It was hyped up to be something big, like um, last show of the year, tables are going quick, we're only doing one room, it's going to be really big. But I don't know what happened. As I got closer to the date, both rooms were open, the weather sucked, you know, in the morning I had to bring all that stuff in, and it was pouring rain, well, it was pouring rain, freezing cold, but the good thing is, I got one of those hand trucks last show, I don't think I told you that. So I load all my bins on, dude. I go right in instead of carrying them, you know, like we did last time. <laughs> so yeah, that made it easier. Everything on the hand truck, boom, right in. So it wasn't that bad, you know. And I brought an extra towel to wipe the stuff down, especially the, um, you know, the shelving and all that. So it's not wet when I put the stuff on it. Yeah, overall, I thought the weather was going to keep, you know, a lot of people away. COVID too. A lot of people still came out. The show started off really slow, but I was able to sell a lot of stuff. I sold most of my table, believe it or not. I was, I was making a lot of deals and, you know, it's just kind of exhausting, you know. Long story short, I had this guy come by the table. He wanted an item. Well, he stood there for about almost an hour on eBay. He's like, so that's your final price? I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, I already took a little bit off. That's the final price. Look at the card. I handed it to him. It's unpunched. You know, all the little things just to add if you're a collector like that. And he's like, all right. Can you go a little lower? He's like, I'm here. I'm like, nah, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm at this price, dude. I'm like, this deal is great. He's like, all right, all right. And then he's looking it up on eBay. He's like, I can't find it on this card. I'm like, yeah, you don't see this version of this figure on this card. He's like, all right. Then I do a couple more sales. Then I think I talked to you on the phone. And then I talked to my other friend, Pat, on the phone. He gave me a call. He's still standing there. He's like, I'll give you this. I'm like, No. I'm like, I'm still here. He's like, all right, what if we throw this in? I'm like, oh my God. Will, he stood there for an hour. See, I just want to interrupt you like for two seconds because when I go, I, you know me, I'll get ready. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That's why, man. That's why I asked you to come. <laughs> like, look, 
Will don't play no shit like that. No, you don't, man. And sometimes you need to keep it real. Yeah. And you got to also be respectful. And it's not about that I'm going to be disrespectful to you. It's about you being disrespectful for me. Look, this is the final price, man. Go on your merry way. Get the hell out of here and be done with it. The funniest thing about this is I encounter this all the time. And this is not even in real life transactions. This is on eBay. Final price is final price. I send an offer to someone. I'm not sitting there messaging them back and forth, haggling with them. You know, I may send out one message if it's something I'm really interested in. Like, okay, where are you at? They give me where you're at. I give them where I'm at. They say no. I move on. Done. That's it. And what made it even weirder, Will, is that he's standing behind the table with me. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you? I'm like, I was being nice, man. Because honestly, I had two tables. Joe gave me an extra one too last show, which is very nice of him. So I got two tables for the price of one, which is really nice. There's a lot of space. So I didn't really mind. And my space, there was like nobody. There's like so much space. It wasn't like ToyCon. So there's so much space. So I had the two tables. I had so much space behind me. So I didn't really mind. But oh my God, man, he wouldn't go away. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, man. But it was like that all day, more so than it's ever been, where people come up to the table and they're like, I'll give you this. I'm like, nah, I'm at the, you know, I'm like, this is the price. And they're like, all right, what happens if I buy all this? Let's make a group deal or it's like a big deal. It was like that all day long. And I did sell a lot of stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. But it was like that all day long with people coming up to the table. Yeah. And the funniest thing about this, Joe, is that the majority of people that are doing this are actually selling at the show, correct? When I'm with you, that's usually what's happening. I want to give you a deal if you're a reseller as well, but I don't want to give you a deal and then you go over and put my shit on your table and mark it up $5 an item so you can make more money off of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that defeats the purpose of the whole thing. I'll just bring it home with me. I'll sell it on eBay or Mercari or another avenue. Why am I going to give you the item for less money so you can go back over to your table and then put a bigger price tag on it. It just doesn't make any sense. I never got that concept when I was at the shows with you. Now, obviously, like if it's our friends at Pandora's Box or something and we're doing trades and we're doing deals and it's nonstop and maybe they're getting some stuff for inventory for the store, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like I totally understand that. But some yeah. of these other yeah, that's some fine. of these other guys that just do shows and come up and want to haggle with you, I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like you don't want this. Oh, I know what you want to do with this. You want to put it on your table. And they're trying to sell it for double. And you know, a lot of the vendors that come to the tables, obviously they don't want to spend a lot of money. They want to buy it for like dirt cheap and bring it to their table. Last story here. I brought some comic books that I'm well, every time I bring comic books, they sell. So I brought a bunch of them, like Star Wars comics. I had Return of the Jedi, you know, all the old comics, which the artwork on those is, is really awesome. But anyway, yeah, I had a guy come up, Ken, at the table, and he's trying to get the comics for like a dollar a piece. I'm like, oh my god! But I we worked out a deal where he got them for a, good, a decent price, and then I seen them on his table. Of course, I seen the whole stack on his table. I should have asked him. All right, what what are you selling these for now? I didn't even bother, man. At that point, you can't because you just, you know, it's expected, right? Yeah, I didn't care because I sold them what I wanted to sell them for. So whatever, if he wants to sell them for more, it's all good. You know, it's out of my hands. I did a quick lap. Will, there wasn't much, man. You know, here or there, a couple of wrestlers. I was thinking about getting the Legends of the Ring, TNA, Kevin Nash, but I was just like, I don't really need that. But other than that, 
I uh, scooped up two Black Series Mandalorian figures. I do like the Mandalorian toy line. I got the Armorer and Mando for a good price. And uh, what else? Did I get anything else? You got the Raven figure, didn't you, or no? Oh, yeah, I got the Raven, the uh, No Way Out Raven. I found for a really good price on that one, too, which is adding to my Raven collection. You know, I'm almost complete there. So, yeah, I picked up the Raven. I picked up two Star Wars figs. I didn't go too crazy. And, you know, I sold the majority of the stuff I brought. Overall, it was a good show. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, we reposted on the Twitter and Instagram. You know, you've been really, really honing in on that Raven collection. And what are you down to? Pretty much only one figure or a few figures remaining. Some of these Ravens I didn't even know about. I mean, I obviously knew about the TNA one that you showed me, but this No Way Out one, I had no idea that even existed. Yeah, with a different t-shirt. Yeah, he has a bunch of figures like that. I have a couple other ones. I'm only missing now the uh, Legends of the Ring Raven. I actually don't own that. And uh, the one in the Renegades three-pack. So once I have those two, I'm, I'm pretty much done with the Raven figs. That is awesome, dude. Well, happy to hear, man. You had a successful show, man. If you sold most of your table, that's great. You know when you go to these shows, it's that hurt or miss. What I love about those shows is when you actually get collectors and they're just like super interested in something and super honed in on what you have and you guys can make a deal and work it out and whatever you're selling is going to a good home. That's one thing that I absolutely love as well about these shows. So who knows, maybe you'll retire after this. I mean, I I think you said you were flirting with the idea about retiring, right? From doing all this selling and stuff. I might have to. I mean, I'm not going to get into all these stories. You know, I don't want to make the show story time or uh, therapy with Joe. Yeah, after this past weekend, there's just so much crap with selling and people. And I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I won't tell you the other one with the guy asking me to meet him to fight him. But I'll tell you, I posted something. You know, a lot of these Facebook groups, the yeah, the admins, I uh, posted something on a group. And I have a lot of sealed stuff. And I took pictures. I posted the stuff. And one of the admins was going insane for some reason. I posted the price. I sold it. It's done. But anyway, I think he's mad that I said, uh, you know, it's gone and he wanted it. I don't know. He just got himself all worked up. So he's commenting, that's not sealed, this and that. I'm like, very calmly, I commented back. I'm like, no, dude, it's sealed. Like, it's cool, man. You know, it's sealed. I'm not trying to rip anybody off. This is a sealed piece. He's like, that's not sealed, man. But I'm like, all right, bro, it's sold already. I'm like, it's all good, man. It's all good. It's definitely sealed. You know, the guy that gets it's going to be happy. And he messages me privately. Well, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, you got a problem? I need to see. He's like, prove it to me right now. He's like, send me the pictures. Like you said, you're going to send me more pictures. Send me pictures. Prove it to me. Come on, man. Prove it to me. Now, what do you think about that? I, I have no idea. I mean, I just don't know what the agenda is. I would have probably ignored him right off the bat. I, I would have been like, sorry, it's sold. I don't know why I need to prove it to you that it is sealed because the person that bought it already proved to and he's happy with the item. You know what I'm saying? So it could be a setup. That's also something else. To, <laughs> yeah. who, who knows? I know. I remember back in the day, Joe, I used to be on a wrestling figs board way back in the day. And this is when like, and I still think it exists. They, they have a buy, sell, trade section and you go in and you have to have I don't know, a hundred posts even be a part of this thing. And then they have the deal threads. So if you meet somebody and you strike up a deal with each other, because you can post what you have for sale or what you want and stuff like that. I never got ripped off. I never did bad business with anyone. 
always had wonderful, wonderful reviews. But I mean, some of the shit you saw in there was shady, man. And again, I don't know the parties involved, you know, and they would post their photos and then they would get written up and they get banned and they get, you know, or they get all these marks on them and all this stuff. Some of the stuff used to be disaster. And I think a lot of it is set up too. I think it's like, Maybe that guy knows that guy and maybe what he wants to do with you. Maybe the guy now is going to complain to him. You know what I'm saying? They're setting you up to fail in some way, whether it be in the group or on the board or whatever it is. Yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, oh, God, this is probably friends with this guy or something. The guy I actually sold it to was in a different group because when you post on Facebook, you can post to multiple groups. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so he was from a completely different group. Very easy transaction, no problems. And the other guy was from a different group that was going insane. And I think he wanted the item and I think he was mad because he's like, I'm interested. And it was already gone. And he's like, that's not sealed. And I'm like, bro, what do I have to lie about? You think I want this item returned to me? You know what I mean? Like, what is your deal, man? So I basically told him, you know, go jerk yourself off. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, you know, some people take these things too personal. He may want to, for, for whatever reason it is, he's an admin. He may want you gone too for some reason. Who the hell knows? I exited all those groups after that. So no more of that shit. Yeah, no more You've of that graduated shit. graduated the Facebook nonsense because that's what it is. It becomes a bunch of nonsense. No, no foul language. Yeah, there's like a thousand rules before you enter. Give me a fucking break. That's what I got to say about Facebook groups about wrestling figures. That was my weekend between the show with the haggling, that guy for an hour, just selling in general and setting up this guy on Facebook, the other guy that I've sold to that uh, is super cheap and uh, went crazy. The positives from all this as we end our session, our therapy session. (laughs) Positive is you made a lot of money, right? And now you're done with it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm downsizing a lot of my stuff. Honestly, a lot of it I don't even give a shit about anymore, to be honest. Well, it's kind of weird. Like There was a point where I had a room filled to the ceiling with stuff, everything you could imagine. I've been downsizing so much that I just don't even care anymore. Like I'm at a point where I go in the room and I'm like, all right, what's next? I sold the sealed Snake Mountain. I sold the sealed Fright Zone. You can't find those sealed anywhere. I'm just like, I don't collect the line anymore. I don't really care anymore. Same here. I would sell that shit. I That Snake Mountain sealed, you'll never find that shit. The sealed real Ghostbusters firehouse, I'm not selling that. No, you can't. I talked to a guy the other day. He's like, you have one sealed? He's like, I've been searching for one sealed for 20 years. And that, I think, was a sign to tell me, don't ever sell that. And if you ever sold it, you better fucking sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> The moral of the story is I'm downsizing and a lot of that I just don't care about anymore, man. Totally. I totally understand. Well, your weekend was good, even though a little stressful. I didn't do much last weekend. We had Sean NG, KWK Sean come on. I think he did a good job. We just talked, shut the, shut the shit about wrestling figures. And what I loved is we were going to talk about Jack's BCA Series 1, you and I, because of your bone crunching Christmas, but... We talked about it and it was fun. He threw out some really great stories about him just getting like loads of BCA figures, basically like Santa Claus sacks filled and his prototypes and stuff. So it was just it was just a really fun time. But I wanted to give the floor to you because I know you had a really good Christmas story. And since we are approaching the holidays, man, I, again, we're only man December 12th. We are basically there, man, about 12 more days away from Christmas. Obviously, I know all you out there 
celebrate different holidays, but it, we're in the season. So yeah, I wanted to let you have the floor and let our listeners know a little bit why you chose to talk about Bone Crunching Action Series 1 by Jack Specific for the through gorilla position last week. I think you have a fun story here, man. Yeah, so, you know, back then in 96, when these came out, before that, you know, I was playing with toys still. You know, a lot of random lines, especially in 94, 95. And I was collecting wrestling figures, I remember, at that age, but... um. It was like the Bendies. It wasn't anything like great. Yeah, like the Hasbro's kind of faded out. And there was that gap for a while where, yeah, I was playing with some of the original San Francisco toy makers here or there. You know, I was still playing with them. I was still playing with Hasbro's. The Bendies I really liked, which I still really like. But I remember I had no idea that Jax was making WWF figures again. And back then, you know, I didn't go on the internet or anything like that. I don't even know when the hell we got the internet, to be honest. Maybe 98, 99? I was late. I didn't get a computer until like 99 or 2000. Yeah. I want to say it was Windows 98, maybe Windows 2000. So yeah, even back then, I had no idea. And, you know, I didn't go on message boards or anything like that. So I remember Christmas 96, you know, still playing with wrestling figures, still obviously watching wrestling. And I remember getting... WWF Jack's uh, Superstars Series 1, the BCAs. And I remember opening those and I was like, oh my God. Because number one, I didn't know Jax was you know next in line to make WWF figures. And I remember the lineup and I was so excited because I got Diesel, Razor, Sean, and then you have the you know Goldust in there, Brett, and Undertaker. And I remember looking at the Undertaker and I'm like, man, these are freaking awesome, man. So immediately I cracked the six of them open. I just remember how flimsy, you know, the diesel was. Actually, they all kind of were. And dude, it was just nonstop action after that, man. You know, th- these things could take a beating. And uh, there was such a gap with wrestling figures this size. You know, we didn't have them for, you know, we had the Hasbros, we had the Galoobs. The uh, original San Francisco's are like a bigger size. So to have like this scale and to have these six superstars right off the bat, I was excited, man. And I always remember that Christmas because, you know, it was it was perfect. 96, you know, wrestling started to pick up again for me because 95 kind of sucked. So 96 was picking up. And then to cap the end of the year off, I got the six of these guys to start a new collection. Sean and I talked about it last week. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. You had 96. You're kind of just starting to gain some steam. You have the Outsiders going over, Diesel and Razor Moon to WCW. You have a really banging series. You know, we talked about how that series was also supposed to have the one, two, three kids. So, I mean, that's a really click-filled series with Sean and Diesel and Razor. And then possibly the one, two, three kid. He got actually replaced by Goldust at the last minute there from the, the little research we conducted. And you need that taker. You need that Brett. You couldn't have put anybody else... In that series, those were their big names, so they just knocked it out of the park. Again, Goldust being the kind of the sleeper of the set, but still a very, very popular wrestler at the time. As a kid, I liked Goldust, and to get him in Series One, and you get the you know the the wig on the side, the accessory, dude, I, that was it for me, man. I was like, man, this is so sick. You know, I was doing the curtain call over and over again. Of course. Like you said, that accessory alone was like, dude, that's why I posted the photos of the three of the ones I still have in my collection today from when I got them at KB Toy 
They are my originals. Those are the ones I got. I never took them off the card. And that's when I started like changing my perspective on how I collect and when I collect and all that, what I collect and how I collect it. And like you said, the scale also was intriguing to me because, you know, you you have the LJNs, right? Which, I mean, Jax is, Jax is LJN, right? I mean, the LJN, the J in LJN is Jack Friedman, the owner of Jack Pacific Toy Company. So he takes all these LJN elements, right? Shrinks them down a little bit. Gives you a little articulation, right? Gives you the bone crunching action, like, you know, the action moves that the Hasbro's had. So he's giving you some accessories too. He's kind of like, it's an amalgamation of Hasbro's and Jacks and Galoobs and OSFTMs and all this stuff put together in a more articulated, scaled, kind of medium scaled format. And it really makes a big impact on moving forward in, in wrestling figure production and collection, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this, this paved the way, you know, for the next couple of years. So underrated, man. I really, really, really think it's underrated. And yes, they're not in scale. Oh, oh my God. So they're not in scale. Who gives a shit? And we just think they're great figures and they're memorable and they are underrated. Maybe because of the scans or some of the, you know, the sculpts on the figures and stuff. And like you said, maybe the flimsiness of some stuff, but they really had, I think, a good impact as, like you said, they set the foundation for where we are today in that line. And then they had also a little bit of a negative impact because of the other things we mentioned as well. So that's why people teeter on whether or not, ah, should I collect them? Should I go collect them? They're fun. And as we move on here, I did want to bring up one other thing is we're going to talk a little bit about the Jack's Classic Superstars Deluxe or the Deluxe Classic Superstars because you're going down that rabbit hole. And yeah, I like these figures and they kind of have this. They have a lot of similarities to that Superstar Series 1 BCA because I remember I was a big time CS collector and I did get some of the deluxe guys, like the main guys like Hogan, and I had like the Jake and the Ravishing when I collected them back in the day. But I don't know, a lot of people didn't like them because they didn't in scale, because they were a different scale than than the uh, RA style CS guys, you know, and it was this whole thing and oh, well, the bodies look weird and this and that and the other but these are great figures, bro. Looking back now, dude. If you're, uh, I could see that maybe if you're a loose collector, and even if you're playing with these guys back in the day, yeah, I could kind of see that they're a little odd. You know, the scale, the bodies, especially yeah, the, the deluxe series after that, maybe the deluxe aggression. You know, looking back on the deluxe classics, I mean, every series, I feel like you have to get every guy. I feel like they, you know, every guy they picked is great. And especially for that series, because the head sculpts on these are perfect for a lot of these figures. Mr. Perfect, Honky Tonk Man, that cane is great. And a lot of these figures, even the, the Brutus, I mean, you, you go down the whole line. They're just really, really well done. And the Jake, the snake looks great. I mean, this is definitely a rabbit hole to jump down, you know, if you'd like this style. Deluxe classics in general, you know, these these are just fantastic figures and uh, super underrated. I agree. And there's a huge appreciation there, at least on my end, for those those head sculpts and scans. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, they are great. I actually preferred the DDP from the Deluxe Classic Superstars line 
over the one from the regular classic superstars line. Oh yeah, that that TDP is great as far as that goes. I, I would call it a sleeper in this set for sure. But that TDP is awesome. It looks great. The deluxe uh, classic version, especially that head, the attire, everything they chose for that, it, it really pops. Yeah. Old school head sculpt with our uh, head scan with the longer hair. He's got the signature diamond DDP logo on the tights. I mean, it's just a great figure. And like you even said, with the Jake and all this stuff, and you have the you get the accessories with most of these figures as well. It's just an incredible line, and it's something that I've looked at and I do want to start collecting if I can find them at a good price. And they're not bad. I mean, a lot of these been on card. I mean, you can find in the you know thirty to fifty dollar range, but some of them are expensive too. I mean, you can go upwards of a hundred dollars for some of these things, especially single releases. Yeah. Some of them get pricey. Some of the Shawn Michaels, you know, Shawn's great in the Deluxe Classic series. He's got a lot of great figures as far as that goes. And the Deluxe Classic two packs, those are definitely pricey, you know. Two of the ones I'm curious, you know, to see. Maybe the price will go down one day. Two I want to add to the collection are the uh, Hardy Boys Deluxe Classic and the um, Ringside Exclusive Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero Halloween Havoc 97 Exclusive those I'm really looking to add to the uh, collection. Two really great sets. I never had that Hardy Boys set, but I had the Halloween Havoc 96 set with Ray and Eddie from Ringside Collectibles. And again, I did that purge, man. I always, I don't really regret anything, but you know that purge and I just freaking sold everything, man. And that was one of the sets I should have never sold, but what can you do? You look back at it and you move forward and you go from there. So we're going to round the introduction out, guys, this week with, wow, the biggest reveal, I think, in at least pro wrestling that I don't get surprised at all anymore. And there's always spoilers and there's always something out there, but I'm sitting back and this is not this week, but last week and I'm watching AEW and boom, out of nowhere, Woo! Stinger. Joe, I literally just shouted and jumped out of my CM like, what the F? Did you start doing Scorpion Death Drops? Oh my God, I was going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I was jumping around. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's Sting. You got the classic Tony Schiavone. How good was that, Joe? It's Sting. Dude, I love Sting. He's a little over... I wouldn't say over the hill, but I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's an old guy now, but still, you know, it doesn't mean he has to get back in the ring to actively compete, but you know, he's one of those presents, you know, he's in that ultimate warrior category, you know, those, you know, the face paint, he's been around through multiple decades. So it's great to still see him alive. Number one and number two, still putting that makeup on. Exactly. Joe, I think people just get, God, they think too deep into this shit. You know, like, look, he's 61 years old. He still looks great. He's moving around great. I mean, there are 61-year-olds in the professional wrestling industry that can't even walk. Like you said, and let alone walk, or that they aren't even alive, these people, you know? Like, (laughs) come on, let's give the guy some credit. And he's a great wrestling mind. He's been in the business for God knows how long. He grew up in an era. He learned in an era that had some of the best professional wrestling that has ever been on this planet. And he's been around at all. So invaluable, just from a professional wrestling perspective, invaluable person to have around your guys, 
helping you out, helping your show out in whatever aspect it could be, mentoring, backstage, whatever, production. I don't understand why everybody's shitting all over this. And maybe people that are younger are shitting over it and they should uh, be a little more respectful. You know, like, I can't believe I'm saying this because now I really fucking sound old, but have some goddamn respect. And, And like you said, look at it. He doesn't have to wrestle. Okay. And if he does, you know, you guys are all going to cream in your pants anyway to see a stinger splash again. <laughs> so calm the hell down. And going back to merch and going, now we're going to lead into wrestling figures after this. His shirt on pro wrestling tees was the biggest selling shirt in a debut ever in less than 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. He had some, he had quite a few sales on that stuff. So you're telling me, Joe, that nobody wants to see Sting? Come on. Yeah, that's maybe maybe the younger generation don't appreciate I, it. I don't know, dude. I don't know. And the AEW fans nowadays are kind of strange, so you might want to throw that in the mix. Anyway, if the merch sales are indicative of anything and the ratings are indicative of anything, then I would have to say that a lot of fucking people want to see Sting on their television and a lot of people still want to buy Sting merch. So a lot. And we're talking about a lot. And you fuckers out there that don't care, shut your mouth then, fold your hands up in your lap and shut up and watch the show and, and don't or turn it off. I don't give a shit. But I want Sting action figures and Jeremy teased that we are going to get Sting action figures and didn't tease it. He basically said it. And he was already throwing out pictures and asking people, what do you want to see? So what do you want to see, Joe? Let's start let's start with you, man. Considering Mattel pretty much tackled a lot of it, I do like the I mean, you can never get enough of the old 90s surfer sting. You know, throw another one of those at me. I'm fine with. But maybe give me an, another crow sting. Why not? I mean, they're going to have to make an updated version of sting. I like to see how they would, you know, put that version, the black and white sting out again. You know, because he was supposed to be in the Legend Series 7. Something along those lines. You know, I wanted to add that to the collection. So maybe see how, you know, Wicked Cool Jazzwares would make their version of that black and white sting. I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with, yeah, like I said, like uh, early 90s Sting. He had so many different colors, similar to the Warrior. I mean, you could take a lot of different roads that way. I agree, and what I absolutely love about this whole thing is the build and the accessory quality are going to be a lot higher with Sting figures from Jazzwares than they are with Mattel, and that's what I'm going to be happy about. That entrance jacket on that Legends series figure that never came out was it's terrible i mean it looks flimsy it just looks bad on them so i think they're going to do a lot better in that area of sting figures i agree you're going to have to do that short hair version that we got never got in the legends line and i think they're going to do it i just to just to give a good old fu to mattel but you know a friendly fu it's never an fu it's just a friendly fu and i personally want to see I want to see orange tight sting with that, like, I don't know what you call it. It's like that jacket that's like blue and almost rainbow colored. I mean, he posted a picture of it. I mean, I just, I fucking want to see that figure so bad, man. <laughs> Surfer sting. Yeah. I mean, sting's one of those char- characters where he's kind of like the warrior where no matter what they do, people will pick it up. Yeah. I mean, Joe, are you going to pick up a sting, any sting figure, whether it's now? Yeah. Past, present, future. I'll pick up any sting anything, figure. Anything, right? Pretty much. You know, any any of those thing figures, um, I would definitely pick up. 
I still think a lot of people mention this, especially wrestling figure collectors. Death Defining Moments Crow Sting is probably one of the best Sting figures of all time, I think. It is. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult to top that figure for Jazzwares, but we'll see what they do. Because it looks like they're going to have the ability to do everything from him. You know, he owns, I believe, his name and everything like that. So that's the whole thing with the WWE is he had to give them permission to use his likeness. So he definitely owns Sting and he owns the look. I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see what they do and how they do. Because they could even go back to TNA, do some of his TNA stuff. God, oh my God, Joe, can we please get a new Joker Sting? Holy shit. Yeah. I, I love that. I have the uh, TNA Joker Sting. That, that's another great figure. Odd scale, too, on that one, by the way. But uh, it's a great figure, man. The Joker Sting definitely plays out. You know what they should do? They should go to that artwork. What's that guy's name? Hale, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Yeah, Haley Haley Art or whatever. Yeah, I know. Haley, him, yeah. Go to his poster and look at all those things and then just pick from there. It's that easy. That easy, my friend. All right, guys. Well, that's it for our intro this week at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Don't forget, if you like what you heard, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SQDCircleAFP. And don't forget to join us tomorrow, YouTube live stream, December 13th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we are going to review the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020, giveaways, unboxings, reviews. It's going to be a blast, guys. So tune in then. And let's get to this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. I can feel electricity in the air. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. Joe, this week we're going to Mattel. And man, I don't know. Again, had KWK Sean on last week. He's talking a lot of shit about Mattel, and he made some really great points. So we're going to get into a little bit of them while we review this new series that are starting, going to start to hit shelves in 2021. It's already out via ringsidecollectibles.com. This is the Mattel WWE Elite Series 82. So we're going to review the set. And we're going to give you our position, what we think about this set overall. And Joe, to start, I mean, you have some banging figures here, man. You know, you got this um, Keith Lee with with two variants. You know, you got a Chase there. You got the Finn Balor, the Alexa Bliss, both in updated looks. You got the John Morrison, and then you have the Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, what a great set here. Yeah, I think Keith Lee, right off the bat, you know, you got to have Keith Lee in the set, especially with him on TV now. I think it's a great time. So this was a perfect Elite 82 series to throw him in. You know what I'm, uh, you know, two things I want to mention, Will. That version of Finn, kind of like the NXT Finn Balor, I think that's great. Perfect timing with him as the NXT champion. And looking at this figure, I think it looks awesome. I think it looks great. You know, the Finn Balor figures are so, you know, put down our throats so much. He's had so many. But I like the updated head scan, the head updated head sculpt on him. I like the black, you know, I like the Balor, you know, shirt he has on. I think the figure looks good. I haven't bought a Finn Balor figure in so long, but I do like this. I like the all black. I like the um, updated, you know, he's got more of like kind of like a bushy beard, you know, bigger beard. I like the shirt with the red and white. I think that looks good. 
And my other thing I want to mention is the uh, John Morrison, when we reviewed the uh, new figures, I thought it kind of looked like crap. But seeing it online, people getting it from ringside, it actually looks pretty damn good, the uh, John Morrison. I thought the head with the hair looked a little weird, but now seeing it, you know, actually, you know, packaged, you know, in people's hands, I think that figure actually looks pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm not going to agree with you there. I think this is a major fail. I just don't like the way their hair looks because they have the cutout for all the glasses and stuff and the bandana to put on there. And when you do remove those things from him, he just looks still just really fucking odd. Just as just, just my perspective. I agree with you about Keith Lee, though. I think out of every single figure in this line, aside from the Jerry Lawler, which I think is a must have because I absolutely love this 90s run with him versus Bret Hart. I think you need to have that Lawler in your... It's just a great, it's just a great Lawler to have. And they nailed the head scan on it. I think the Keith Lee, though, is right up there. I actually personally enjoy the Chase variant. I like the colors of the gray and the pink on him. And what I love most about the Keith Lee figure is we're getting all new molding here. I mean, we get new torso molds on it, which look great. Obviously, is an updated uh, face sculpt, face scan, true effects there. You know, it looks like, his, I, I don't know, the, the arms may not even be reused. This could be a lot of new parts here in the legs and whatnot. So, you know, going back to again last week when I was discussing this with Sean, I think he makes some really good points about Mattel. You know, Mattel product is getting kind of, I don't know, kind of plain old Jane. And it's, you know, I think the Finn Balor is a little bit of an example of it. You know, I just don't like, I I like the figure. I agree with you that the head sculpt on it is pretty spot on and stellar man i really like this new updated head sculpt he looks a little meaner a little more serious i do like that the hand has the tattoo on it now but again you're just getting another finn balor figure other than that you know you get you know kind of same arms kind of same legs the problem with finn balor i have personally is he's not resonating with me anymore you know his first nxt run is like super cool super awesome and it's just he's got the demon character, he's got the really grand entrance, and then they like tried to repackage him on the main roster, and that didn't work out. And he got injured, and then they threw him back down, and now he's like in NXT, but then he was injured again, and now he's still holding a title after not defending it in a few months, and then carrying Crow. I it's just a hot mess. It's just like I don't want to watch Finn Balor, you know, <laughs> like like. His match with uh, Kyle O'Reilly was epic. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, that was oh, a good one. Great match, but it's just it's just not resonating, man. I ain't gonna drop. I, I've come to this. I think about you know, I think about the Mattel Elite line, right? I'm just like not feeling the majority of these guys, so I'm not gonna drop twenty bucks on a figure. Look, you know me. Sometimes I see it in person, right? We do the double take, and I'm like, holy shit. But I got to find deals on these things. If I don't find deals, I'm not going to buy them, I don't think, moving forward. Like, I hate John Morrison, so I'm not getting that figure. I don't care. I do not like Finn Balor right now. That Like, that's like a maybe, like, you know, we talk about like, oh, can I get it for real cheap? All right. You'll probably find that on Amazon. Yeah, because you would think that that's going to be heavy packed too, right? Yeah. You know, we always like to do this when we do Gorilla Position Elites. Best figure in the set, Well, I would say, is that Keith Lee? I think the Keith Lee looks, looks great. I would put him in there. The Jerry Lawler, I would put number two. You know, like you mentioned, if I see it in stores, if you find this set, if I had to pull a couple, I would definitely get the Keith Lee and Jerry Lawler. Those are my top two. And I, I do like the chase. I think that one looks better. Number three for me would be the Balor. If I had to pick, 
you know, half of the set. Those those are the three I would definitely get. The John Morrison looks good. I think it looks pretty cool, but am I going to add it to my collection? Probably not. The Alexa Bliss, the pose in the package is weird. I understand what they're trying to do. You get the women's tag title, which people that collect belts probably want that. And the Rob Gronkowski, I kind of put in a separate category. It's like a specialty kind of figure. You get the 24-7 championship. I think the attire and the face actually don't look bad at all. I think it's a pretty cool figure. It's just something I'm, you know, I'm not into. I am not going to support that garbage. And that's why I did not mention it in the beginning. And I get it. I understand from a business perspective what they're trying to do there with that figure. Put eyes on the on the line, put eyes on the product. Do not even want to fucking talk about that garbage. But, you know, that's just my take on it. And like you said, I don't even I don't even consider it a part of the set, you know? Yeah, it's 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 weird. I understand he's a part of WrestleMania and blah, blah, blah. But going back to the set, Elite 82, it's kind of a 50-50. Well, that's what I would call the set. The set overall isn't bad, but I would classify it as a 50-50. I would classify it like that because I only want three figures out of the six. The Lee, the Lawler, and the Balor. And honestly, I could probably leave the Balor out. I just want the Keith Lee and the Jerry Lawler for the, uh, you know, the old school legends kind of figures they released. Yeah. And I really wanted to touch base on this because we didn't talk about this figure, the Alexa Bliss. I know you just mentioned it with the tag title. And I agree with you. I think if you're collecting titles or you're a big women's division collector, you're going to get this figure for that purpose alone. But man, doesn't she look freaking weird? Just the body choices on her and everything like it's really weird especially around like her hips like midsection like her the torso looks weird too the arms the way the chest is almost like like stretched out a little bit when did she wear boots like that joe i have no idea i mean look at how skinny her arms are and like you said the elongated torso what is going on there Something's definitely weird with this. And yeah, like the legs are like beefy and weird. They're like super muscular (laughs) for some reason. And, uh, you know, I understand the articulation, but even the arms look a little screwed up. The whole figure looks like trash, dude. I mean, if I was Alexa Bliss and saw this figure, I'd be fucking pissed off. (laughs) Zooming in on the face, getting a close up. The face looks pretty good. That's about the only thing I like, the face and the tag title. Yeah. And they've always nailed her head sculpt, though. I don't think she's ever had a bad one. I thought her figure with the pigtails was the best figure that they ever produced of her. And I think Bill was very, very happy with that figure when it came out. But that was a shelf former, man. Nobody even wanted that figure. That thing on uh, that went on Amazon, I think, for 10 bucks for God knows how long. I think it could be still up there for fucking $10. I, was that the Walgreens one? No, this was the, uh, it was like a mainline elite figure. I don't even remember what series. I forgot what set it was in. But yeah, I, I got that elite Walgreens. I like when they did that with the women's figures. That was good too. That was a great figure of her. She comes with the championship title in that one as well. So the, what the uh, I believe it was the Raw title, right? Yeah. And that was a fantastic figure as well. But this one, man, no good. No bueno. Yeah. I mean, Elite 82 is easily going to be forgotten, unfortunately. It's one of those sets where, you know, this is a waiter. This is a wait, a waiting game kind of set. Wait for it to go on Amazon. Wait for it to go on clearance somewhere. You know, you could probably find the Keith Lee in stores, I would imagine. The Jerry Lawler, you know, same thing. You'll probably find them. But this set's, uh, you know, it's one of those sets where it's just uh, one of those sets that gets lost in the shuffle. I think so. I think so. Not, 
you know, Mattel looking at their 2021, at least for me, not a good start, man. Not a good start at all, at least for elite figures. Again, for myself. I think 81 is fantastic. We reviewed that in a previous podcast episode. They just killed it, basically, with that set right off the bat. You know, you got the Street Profits in there, the Nakamura we really like. You got the Bel Air. You got the Stunning Steve. I mean, this is a great set here. You got the Mae Young. Oh, yeah, I forgot about you that. You got again. the Collector's Edition there. But man, to follow it up with this set, 82, and then to follow up with 83. I mean, 83 is a so-so set, too. I mean, you got that weird Dusty. You got the Sasha and the Edge and the PS Hayes. So it's not terrible. But then they just released, and I wanted to really quickly talk about this before we sum up 82. Ringside just announced pre-orders for Elite 84, and what a fucking terrible set, bro. I'm just passing on everything here. Oh, my God. Maybe Rhea Ripley, maybe. Maybe Rhea Ripley, maybe, maybe Jeff Hardy, maybe. The Buddy Murphy I have already. I don't. I don't need another Buddy Murphy in my collection. I, well, Angel Garza was on TV a lot, but the, I just don't care. No. And updated. I mean, I don't know. Roman's in that category. He has too many figures. I would do an updated Roman if it didn't have his shirt. You know, he just came shirtless with the uh, the tattoo and stuff, and really went. They went for his his run right now because I think it's going to be a memorable run. And I do have the the Wild Simones I just got, so it would be fun to put them all together in a nice little area because it is a memorable run for him, what he's doing right now. It's, some, it's the best work that's happening in the WWE storyline-wise. Yeah, yeah, he definitely... You know, you actually want to tune in and watch him. But they put the brakes on that, too. I mean, he's fucking wrestling with Kevin Owens now or some shit. Like, oh, my God. They could do so much more with that, with Rikishi and the Fatus and all this shit. And they fucking put the brakes, and now they want to wrestle Goldberg. Oh! Oh, Jesus. It doesn't make any sense, oh, man. All right. We haven't had a Sheamus figure in a while. Maybe. I don't know. Ugh, I don't give a shit either. I, I, I don't. I mean, it's, well, let's see what happens. You know, you kind of look at this, right? And you look at 81 and you think this is the 81's a January, February set. 82 is going to be then a, you know, March, April, 83, April, May. So you're looking 84 is a summer set, you know, it's like a June, July set. You're halfway through the year almost, maybe. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, here's my take on it. We do pick the best figures of the set. And I agree with what you said before. I think this Jerry the King Lawler and this Keith Lee figure are amazing. I absolutely love the Keith Lee for everything I mentioned. And I absolutely love the Jerry Lawler because I think he comes with an incredible cape. I love the new updated crown. I love the note. I mean, God, the head scan is just incredible on him this time around. I really, really, really enjoy it. And the attire, again, is just that memorable 90s run, that new generation run with Bret Hart. And, oh, God, I remember the King's Court versus uh, that, that that Survivor Series match with the uh, the Hart family, or whether it be the, uh, what I believe that he was in the I Quit match, too, with uh, the Hitman. Yo, Jerry the King. Brett, yeah, Brett and Brett Jerry. And Jerry and you remember that? You remember the crybaby match with the big bottle? Yeah, the yeah, to- totally remember that too, man. Gim- gimmick <laughs> matches, fun stuff, man. And it's, so that's why you got to get that figure for your collection, man. If you're a Legends fan, you're a Legends collector, you know, or even if you are a younger collector and just appreciate pro wrestling history, it's some of those best works. So that's it. I think Joe, as a whole, I don't know. I want to. I want to put in like a fart sound here. Fifty-fifty, <laughs> man. Get the Lawler. Get the Keith Lee, and I think that's, that's about it. That's it, yeah. We're not too excited about this. Get Finn Balor on Amazon for 15 bucks. Yep, get him at a discount. Wait, this is a waiter set, and, and we'll go from there. So everybody, that's it for this week. And don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of 
the gorilla position. Welcome to the Oh My God Figure of the Week. Wow, Joe. 2020. We're winding down. Tomorrow, we have our ultimate wrestling figures of 2020, where we review the top wrestling figures of 2020. And this one's going to be in it. We're going all the way back. It's almost the beginning of the year to the forgotten figure realm, because this is what happens. Everybody forgets the figures in the beginning of the year because nobody has any long-term attention span. It's all who cares about what came out in the past. Let's focus on the future. So we're going back. I guess this figure probably hit about March, beginning of this year. Elite 74 Collector's Edition, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, baby. Yeah. You know what's great about this figure, Will? Just to jump in a little bit. That freaking jacket with the Anvil Heart Foundation logo on the back. I love that jacket. Completes the puzzle, my friend. Almost. (laughs) Yeah, almost. There's not too many Jim the Anvil, you know, figures out there. And to get an elite style and, you know, the collector's edition, you know, add that little touch. It's a great Jim the Anvil Nightheart figure. It's definitely one of the forgotten figures of the year for sure. You know, you don't see this one as much. The price increased a little bit, but... It's a fantastic figure as far as that goes. Collector's Edition, Jim the Anvil. You get the Anvil Heart Foundation jacket. You get the classic uh, Jim the Anvil, you know, face where he's doing the laugh. And the attire is good. Love the pink and black, the boots. You get the sunglasses with it. You know, if you're a loose collector, you know, you pop the jacket on, pop the glasses. He already's in his pose. It's, uh, I'm not sure why it's forgotten, you know. I guess, like you said, beginning of the year. You know, you don't see it as much, but it's definitely one of the best figures of this year. The funniest thing about this is we did a review of this in the beginning of the year, and it was on the YouTube channel. And I posted a video on the YouTube channel reviewing this whole set and how it came full circle from when we first got that defining moments, Bret Hart. And, you know, we got the Pillman in the Legends series. We got that defining moments, Bret Hart. We got the British Bulldog in the Legend series. And now, after waiting that long, I mean, geez, you're talking about almost eight to 10 years, and we're that much closer to completing a true Heart Foundation set. I was super psyched about it. And a lot of people were super psyched about it. And you should still be super psyched about it because it is one of the best, one of the ultimate figures, wrestling figures of 2020. You talk about Collector's Edition. And it's funny, Joe, you know, we talk about Mainline, we talk about Chase, we talk about Collector's Edition, you have Ultimate Editions. I usually lump these Collector's Editions into the Mainline, right? They're pretty much Mainline figures, you know, they get pretty much the same treatment as a regular Elite figure, for the most part, right? Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I would say so, yeah, for sure. They they definitely get grouped in there. Putting it as the collector's edition is a good idea, but I don't understand. If you could put, you know, certain guys like Jerry Lawler in the main line, why not just put Anvil in, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it's the, fa- like I said, the collector's thing is, a, I think, huh, I don't know. It's it's a very odd, odd move marketing-wise by Mattel because 
I look at the collector's edition and I would think that there would be something special about the figure. But they're really not. You know, the collector's edition figures, only thing that makes them collector-esque is the maybe limited quantities they have. I never usually have trouble finding a collector's edition figure. And then two, the obscure name choices. I think that's what's making them more collector-centric. You know, Mae Young, Rocky Johnson, but Anvil, I mean, everybody knows who Anvil was. Dude, he's one of the best tag teams of all time. Yep. Heart Foundation's one of my favorites, one of the best of all time. So, you know, I get, I get the collector's edition, but I mean, everyone knows who Jim the Anvil is. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, like you said, odd marketing decisions. And as we review these figures, these top figures of 2020, yeah, I don't know how we're going to lump it all. I think we're going to have to lump it into the main elite line section for this. I think that's what we'll do. Even Superstar Billy Graham, I mean, technically a collector's edition figure, but I look at it as a mainline elite figure as well. It's part of the series. It goes out there with the case packs. So I think we'll do that. But this figure is incredible. It's the complete package. And what I love most about this figure, getting back to the figure, is oh that screaming face sculpt scan they did. That was perfect for him. Nobody's nailed it like that, Joe. You know, talking about forgotten figures, I actually don't own this. What? I don't know why. No, I never got this for some reason. God. What? So you said you were looking up eBay prices. What? What is it like on eBay? You're going to start laughing the first one that came oh, up. Oh, God. Oh, let me, let, hold on. Let me guess. $25,000. No, uh, the first one that popped up is $150. Uh, Will, it looks like he runs around $58, 60 50 bucks. About 60 bucks. It's not bad at all. No, I'm going to have to pick this up because I never got it for some reason. Put it on the Christmas list, baby. There we go. Jim the Anvil, I need it. Send the photo to mom right now. Be like, mom, I need it now. <laughs> I'm like, mom, find this. Santa, Cla- Santa Claus, come on. Come on, baby. I think she got me another Blood Brothers two pack. I didn't want to say anything because I felt bad. Dude, I'm got. I'm like, well, I got two now, yeah, I guess. I'm going to have three soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Joe, you don't want to know what happened. All right. The Blood Brothers, the Blood and Guts 2-pack is an Oh My God figure of the week, too. It's an Oh My God figure of the week. 2020. And it may not be on this week, but it'll definitely be on our YouTube live stream special tomorrow, December 13th, live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And basically what happened was Ringside had sent me a replacement, which I then agreed to pay for because... The box that mine was shipped in got damaged, but I didn't want to go through the return process. Long story short, they sent me a new one that was packed really nicely and they did make up for it. But the head sculpt on my Cody looks like he's freaking got uh, some sort of a Bell's palsy or something, man, because the freaking <laughs> the freaking scan missed his face. So I'm like, oh, my God, I just don't even want to deal with ringside again about this because I just didn't want to deal with it. Right. They already helped me out. And I already said, don't worry about it. I'll just pay for it because I want one loose. So the box came in perfect. They did a wonderful job packing it. They sent me a new one. The face is all fucked up. So I contacted Jazzwares <laughs> Wicked Cool Toys. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, great. They'll give me a voucher or they'll just send me a replacement. I'll send it back to them or something. Oh, no, I get the wonderful email. Well, thank you so much for all the information you provided us. We're going to send you a new head, but we don't have new heads right now because they're brand new figures, but we'll have them shortly. And when we do, we'll send you a new head. Oh, God. 
And I'm like, no, this was not the one I was going to fucking open up. So now I'm screwed. So now this is the one I got to open up. I got one with a busted box. I got one with a busted face that I got to open up to replace the head because they're going to send me a new head. And now I got to fucking get another one that that's mint. <laughs> Mine uh, that I got I, looks great. The one I um, I purchased. Yeah, no issues on that one. I'm curious to see what this next one's going to look like. Well, if it looks good and you don't want it, I'll buy it from you. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have too many of these. It's a stellar set, man. This is a stash set. Buy them up, stash them. Yeah. They're going to go up in value. Hey, you can never have too many of these sets. So anyway, getting back to um, the Oh My God figure of the week. This week, that Elite, Mattel Elite 74 Collector's Edition, Jim the Anvil Niger. Yeah, this Jim the Anvil is a must own if you're a wrestling figure collector. I mean, he's part of wrestling history. He's part of the best wrestling family in the biz. Looking back at the figure one more time, you know, you got that awesome head sculpt with the screaming face, the fists inside the Anvil Heart Foundation jacket. You got his attire with the Anvil, the classic Heart Foundation Jim the Anvil, you know, attire with the pink and white boots. You know, from the head to the feet there. I mean, this figure's stellar, checks off all the boxes, and it is a must own for your collection. And Joe, those are all the reasons why this Mattel WWE Elite 74 Collector's Edition, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, is an oh my God figure of the week. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! And welcome to this week's main event. Joe, December, it's Christmas. It's Christmas time. And you know, here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, what we like to do during Christmas, we like to get a little hardcore. We get a little hardcore. Well, we're always getting a little hardcore, baby, here on this podcast. But especially in the month of December, we're going to take you all back to a December pay-per-view from ECW. And this one was their second to last pay-per-view on December 3rd, 2000 in good old Manhattan, NYC. It is the ECW Massacre on 34th Street from the Hammerstein Ballroom. About 2,000 plus in attendance, Joe, and I was one of those 2,000 plus in attendance. Yeah, I thought that'd be fun to throw in there. You're actually you know, there at the event live. This goes down as one of their best pay-per-views, man, believe it or not, as far as like in-ring wrestling and just a solid wrestling card. This is one of their one of their best ones. I agree. I think the in-ring wrestling was very, very good for this pay-per-view. 
my only complaint was the the matches. There wasn't a marquee matchup in my eyes for this pay-per-view. You know, you had a great three-way, which we are going to be reviewing. You're saying Rhino for Spike Dudley is in a marquee LSD, match? LSD, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look at some of these. Now, okay, we're going to be watching the three-way dance for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. You got the champion Steve Carino with Jack Victory, JV, against Jerry Lynn and Just Incredible with Francine. And that match was incredible. I'm not going to say it wasn't a marquee match, but again, when you look at ECW, especially back in the day, not a lot of big names. I mean, you got a lot of the up-and-coming guys on that on that main event right there. But when you look at the rest of the card, man, before we get into the match, like you said, Rhino versus Spike Dudley. I mean, you got some real... I mean, jeez, dude. HC Locke defeated Danny Daniels. Bad Street Boys defeated Simon and Swinger. I mean... <laughs> Dude, I loved uh, Roadkill and Doring winning the tag I titles. I can say that match was very good, and it was long overdue. And even FBI looked good, man. You had Tony Mamaluke and Little Guido. I mean, the attires looked good. I like FBI with the tag titles, too, in that match. And Roadkill and Doring finally winning the tag titles. I thought that was great. I like the matchup there. Yeah, I do like the matchup. And FBI was hot at the time, especially going into Manhattan. You had Big Sal, Sally Graziano with them. And they really, I love Tony Mama Luke with Little Guido. You know, I like Tracy Smothers too, but I really loved this three in the FBI. Yeah, FBI was around for a while, but this three, I feel like was great. Like together, the three of them. Yeah, wonderful chemistry. They had the look Guido and Mama Luke. And then with Big Sal there, I mean, it was just, it was really, really fucking good. But that's what I'm trying to get at. Other than that, there wasn't really much compelling story going on here. You had a little bit of it with the C.W. Anderson and Tommy Dreamer stuff. They had a pretty long feud going. You had it, like you said, with the FBI and the Danny Doring and Roadkill stuff. And you had it with the championship match. But other than that, man, the rest of the card was kind of stinky, right? Stink, stink, stink. I, I like CW and Tommy Dreamer. I think they're they're always a solid match. Yeah, and I mentioned that. I said I, that, that was a very compelling storyline. They also, that was a very big time feud at the time. And I, don't get me wrong, I like the match. Other than CW Anderson and Dreamer, the championship match, and then the tag championship match, there's really not a, much else going on here. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of, ugh, you know, yeah. but good wrestling. Yeah. Good wrestling. And, you know, throwing Spike Dudley in the mix is always fun. I like Rhino as the TV champ. Yeah. Give you a little insight. Obviously, got my tickets. I'm I'm online at the Manhattan Center. I'm on the floor. We're waiting to get in to, for the pay-per-view. And everybody is talking about, is this the last pay-per-view? Is this going to be the last pay-per-view? Is this going to be the last pay-per-view? Everybody, we're on that line. We, we all thought this was going to be ECW's last. Done with TV. You know, we were like, this has to be it. End of the year, massacre on 34th Street, the Manhattan Center, you know, Hammerstein Ballroom. Man, it's just, you know, you're at Hammerstein, that setting. Oh my God. Joe, going into this pay per view, thinking that this was going to be the last ECW pay per view ever, or possibly last ECW show ever. Like, yeah, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. Thinking about the months prior to that, in August, I was there for the tag championship tournament to crown the new tag champions. I was there for, oh my God, so many other pay-per-views and, and TV tapings. That was Those were TNN TV tapings. I was there for Guilty as Charge, the last pay-per-view. Oh man, it was just so crazy. 
So fucking crazy. I kind of fell off a little bit. Like I was on and off in 2000 with ECW. Um, I didn't watch it as much on TNN. You know, I still recorded it, I think, or what the hell was it, TiVo back then? I don't even remember. But um, yeah, I kind of fell off in 2000 a little bit. Like I was here or there. I wasn't really watching as much. And I didn't know what the hell was going on, to be honest with you, some of the some of the matches. But yeah, I, I had a feeling it was coming to an end. You knew it. And like I said, not a lot of compelling storylines, not a lot of direction. You know, even I liked Steve Carino as the champ. Don't get me wrong. I really liked him as a champ, but I just didn't see him being the top guy in a promotion for very long. You know, I, I, I don't know. He just, he was good, but I mean, was he that good? You know, and there's a lot of questions. You had this all looming over us, but man, I'll tell you, like you said, talk about pure wrestling. They put on a clinic in this pay-per-view. It was a solid show overall. Solid show. And it went by pretty quick. The runtime was not that long. You look at a lot of these matches, five minutes, seven minutes, five minutes, nine minutes, 16 minutes, nine minutes, 18, and then 22. And yeah, just really, really fun. So let's get into this, Joe. I do have my program in front of me too, because I have my program from the event here, which is pretty cool. And I don't know if you know this, but a little tidbit, you know, Gabe Sapolsky used to actually write all these programs and stuff. So he published these programs and he did a little bit of, it's called a look at the massacre on 34th street. So he has a little bit of a write up here. I want to read a little bit from the write up as we get started. Uh, listeners, we're going to do a watch along from this week's main event. So you got to go to the WWE Network, go to UCW Massacre on 34th Street, 2000, December 3rd, 2000. Just hit the Lynn versus Credible versus Carino ECW World Title match. It's in the jump to section. Once you hit that, it'll bring you to two hours and four minutes and nine seconds. That's two hours, four minutes and nine seconds. And that is actually where we are going to start. There's a lot of pre-match stuff with Steve Carino interviews and such. He opens actually the pay-per-view. I never saw any of this actually when I was at the event. Obviously, they didn't have a big screen or anything like that at the time. So all the interviews and stuff, actually, I had to rewatch the pay-per-view when I got home and I did. He was great on the mic. Love Steve Carino on the mic. But I want to read a little excerpt to give you a little bit of a breakdown while we start this match from the program because it's a really fun excerpt on this match and how it all kind of takes place. So, Joe, you do the countdown. All right. We're going to hit it on the one. So I'm going to count it down. 20409 in three, two, one. All right. We're live, baby. We are live. Oh, yeah. And here we go. You got that WWE overdub music. Love it. Oh, I love the WWE overdub music. Here he comes. Here's the man, Jerry Lynn, coming down the ringside. The new effing show. The new effing show. So I want to read this real quick. Tonight marks ECW's return to pay-per-view for the massacre on 34th Street. Five matches have already been announced, but as always, on an ECW pay-per-view, you can expect the format to be thrown away and all mayhem to break loose. Here's a look at some of the action tonight. Speaking specifically about this main event. The main event. We'll see a three-way dance for the world heavyweight title. Steve Carino with Jack Victory in his corner will bring the world belt into the bout against the challenges of Jerry Lynn and Just Incredible with Francine. 
the world title has changed hands on the last two pay-per-views. Francine has been adamant about Credible getting the world title back. Credible feels he is the rightful heavyweight champion since he pinned then-champion Lynn at the November to remember, but didn't win the world gold due to stipulations of the belt. The new effing show, Jerry Lynn, is irate after dropping the world strap on that show, and it seems as if Cyrus has gotten to him recently. Carino is just beginning his reign and will bleed, fight, or cheat to make sure he goes down as the greatest world champion in history. Nice. That was a, that, that was a great little read there, you know, give you a little insight on the map. Yeah. Did you like Jerry Lynn in the black? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought he, you know, it was kind of a badass side to him, you know. Just incredible with Francine's next. I'm I'm kind of sick with the cane at this point back then. Oof. Talk about talk about overused, right? Oh my god. He looks pretty good. Francine's Francine I've always liked Francine. There's nothing I can really say about her. Yeah. I there's nothing bad I can say about her as a valet. I mean look at her putting her body on the line. She always looked great. She always looks good. Yep. She's humping the ropes now. Oh, yeah. God knows who's porking her in the back. Probably five people. (laughs) (laughs) Probably five people. (laughs) All right. Who, Who did, though? Like, honestly... You know how you, you know, like, you know, certain people, you know, here or there, you'll hear, like, read crap online. Who was with Francine? I don't know. Was there anybody or she just, you know, that was her job. That was it. She didn't do it anything. Could, it could have been that simple. Could have been that it was her job. I don't know. It's so funny. You know you, what? You never, like, hear shit about her. Yeah, you don't. And you know what's so funny about it? I actually saw her at 80s Wrestling Con. And she wasn't even, like, in the main signing area she was like off to the side where you could like pay just to get her to autograph something for you and i guess i could have asked her she looked all right she looked all right she looked good you know i mean i may pork her (laughs) (laughs) you're like hey listen i like old females Eh. the um just incredible in her i never liked i i feel like she should have been with someone else (sighs) You, you can't go from the triple threat to just incredible no in my eyes you can't go from Shane to him. You know what I mean? That, no, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's fucking Shane, bro. He's one of my favorites of wrestlers of all time. There's the high spot, baby. Dude, Steve Carino's tights in this match with the belt. Look at that. It pops. Pop, the hair. Bro. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> you got Steve Carino coming out with the bleach long hair. He's got the dark goatee, the fresh attire with that ECW title, those fresh boots. Dude, I'm all about this right now. Yeah. And we were, dude, we were so on Carino's side, dude. And he was so, I remember this, the crowd was so wish-washy for him. You know, half the people liked him, half the people didn't like him at all. Dude, in this match, end of 
2000. I think he's great as the champ. I'm throwing it out there. I know. I, I originally said at the start of this match that I wasn't high on him during this time, but I, as a fan was, I remember King of old school. Yeah, man. Watching him, he's, he, watching he's him great. come to this ring and watching the other two enter prior to him. He looks like the champ, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Jerry Lynn's great. Credible's great. I've always liked Credible. I've always liked, I like all these guys, but Jerry, um, excuse me, Steve Carino coming to the ring with the belt. He looks like the champion. Like he fits the bill. He fits the bill. You said, just like you said, with the bleach blonde hair, with the tights and the, the titles just popping off those black and yellow tights. And he's got Jack Victory next to him. Perfect. Can't. If they were thinking of going into 2001, you know, building new stars. I mean, Carino as the champ is great. You know, you always got Rob Van Dam, you got Jerry Lynn there. You know, you can keep moving, you know, building new people. But having him as the champ, I think it's great. Yeah, and they're doing the announcements right now, guys. And, you know, again, you can you can hear the pops. Here we go. Let's hear that pop for him. I mean, you got to show him some respect, though. See, I'm telling you, you you know, we we, guys, we wanted to keep quiet during that introduction, because as I said, you had booze and you had cheers there. He was he was kind of a a tweener, man. You know, people really hated him. and People really liked him. You know, I side note. How excited were you that they made him? Thank God they made him in the ECW original San Francisco line. Oh, my God. That's one of the best figures of all time. Dude, it's one of the best figures of all time and one of the it really most is, accurate man. figures of all time, dude. I am so, because that's his only figure, unless you're getting customs. I'm so glad that they snuck him in the line. I'm so glad that red and yellow line, man, that, that whole thing, OSFTM, man, pumping out those figures. Talk about setting a precedent. Talk about setting. Wow. I mean, they just did an amazing job in two years, right, Joe? It was two years. What about that? I mean, just think about it. Think about these three guys. Cause you know, you know, we're a wrestling figure pod. Those just incredible figures are great. That Steve Carino figure is one of the best in the whole series. And that Jerry Lynn figure too, man. Jerry Lynn figure is fantastic. I agree with you. That Jerry Lynn figure is incredible. And Jerry Lynn starts fantastic. the match off here, man. He's got the cane. And we talked about you over the years of the cane. He just hit everybody over the head with the cane. I mean, geez, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I like uh, Steve Carino's attire in this match a lot. Man. Yeah, it's really good. It's got the elements. I mean, he always did the red and yellow, but... You put you throw the black in there. I think the red in the the red is a little subdued, and it's more of that Shane Douglas vibe you're getting right now, right? Almost. Yeah, I didn't like when he had like those wrestling cowboy boots he used to wear. Like those were okay, but yeah, just incredible up and over. Jer- Jerry Jerry Lynn's on fire in this match. You can obviously tell he's the top guy here. Yeah, as far as wrestling goes. Yeah, he's leading the match, starting the match up. What would you What would you call Jerry Lynn? 
I always want to look for like a word to describe him, and I never could. I don't know what I would say. He's like one of the most underrated pro wrestlers of all time. You know where he lies? He lies probably in that kind of Al Snow category, but he's even, a, I think, a better professional wrestler than Al Snow because he has a lot of the aerobatics. Yeah, I don't even put him near that. I feel like Jerry Lynn is like... I feel like Jerry Lynn's in that Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, that, that like group. Yeah, I no, I think he is, but they all became world champions and everything. Not that he didn't. I mean, he was an ECW World Heavyweight Champion, but, you know, it was very short-lived. That's what I mean. I feel like he's in that category, but no one thinks about him. Like, he never made it to that level. But I feel like Jerry Lynn is, like, one of the best, you know? Well, he never had a stint in the WWF, right? Or That too, yeah. yeah. Fucking shame. Kid, Kid Cash did, and he didn't. Oh, God. And hey, Kid Cash was on fire too during this period of time. Dude, Kid so, Cash was great. Yeah, too, yeah, I mean, he was. He was. I'm not really taking good. anything away from him. Yeah. But well, who knows? What are you going to do? Look, you got Steve Carino now taking the upper hand here. King of old school, coming back, just just punching people, kicking people, doing it old school style. Here we go. He's throwing Just Incredible over out. Nice. He's on the floor. You got Carino and Jerry Lynn here. As far as the heavyweight title pitcher, I think these three guys are good to keep the you know keep the promotion moving. I don't know about Just Incredible so much. And again, I think Jerry Lynn is is got everything wrestling wise, and he's just like lacking just that little bit of, I don't know what it is, oomph in the character. You know what I'm saying? It's just like had that great feud with RVD, but the similar styles and whatnot, but there was nothing really there for Jerry Lynn. They never could give him a good story, you know? Yeah, that's true. They more relied on him and his in-ring work. Yep. And I think that's what puts him down below the Eddie Guerrero's and the Chris Benoit's, right? I mean, because Eddie, I mean, he's one of the best. Oh, that, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I'm not saying he's on their level, but he's he's underrated, man. He's an underrated guy. He he can he, you know what he is? He rises to the occasion. I think that's that's what I'm trying to get Definitely at. Definitely a big match guy. I mean, he's basically Kenny Omega of 2000. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he's there. Like he's he's up there. If if Jerry this Jerry Lynn was around AEW today, I mean, he's a he's a top he's a top contender. So, here's the deal, guys. I'm I'm ringside here, right? So, I am literally to the left of everybody wrestling right now. Yeah, I'm looking for like a cross-eyed ugly kid. Oh, no, no, no. I had blonde, bleach blonde hair, I think, in this one, bro. I mean, I had short, like, freaking spiky bleach blonde hair, I believe. Believe it. Oh, see, you you, you fit right in with these fucking weirdos. (laughs) You notice there's not one female in the crowd. Dude, if there was a female in an ECW crowd, she was taking her top off and fucking plastered like by the end of the night. <laughs> you know how many women at the ECW crowds were in the balcony at the Hammerstein Ballroom and they would everybody would uh, chant show your tits and they would show their tits. Yeah, that, that's the kind of that's the kind of girls you're going to get here. Oh yeah, they were beautiful too. Some of them have beautiful tits. They're right here. Look at these big nipples. Yep. Oh 
I remember that. They're just throwing Steve Carino from side to side. Side to side, right into the chairs, man. And these are not these are not foldable chairs, man. When you're sitting down, nobody ever sits. To, also, nobody ever sits at an ECW show, so the chairs are freaking worthless. So those chairs are hard, man. Those pink gold chairs. Yeah, there's fucking banquet chairs. Banquet chairs. chairs. I'm looking for blonde hair in the crowd. Uh, I, we're getting closer to me. I'm by the entrance ramp. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a spot where they go through that area. I'll be there. I think I'll be in here. Are you chanting ECW? Dude, I I don't even know what I'm chanting at this time. I'm just fucking insane, man. Who would you go with? Oh, man. I probably, for this event, I was either with my friend Kevin or with my friend Ron. Yeah, I was gonna say, who the fuck do you go to these events to? I don't think I, I, don't, I, I wish I went to these. Damn. Yeah, we we just took the freaking train in all the time, bro. Incredible taking the upper hand here with the mic. Yeah, he's stomping people, stomping people, and he's talking into the mic. Okay. Yeah, this is something that I could have done without, you know, with the whole mic work with Justin Credible, and he's not even making any sense. But this is kind of the downfall of Justin Credible, too. I mean, he looks fucking terrible here. He's got a gut going on. He's got a little bit of a beer belly. Yeah, starting to get the beer belly. I don't know what just happened with the camera angle there, folks. <laughs> Maybe that was me. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what it is too? I never got down with the freaking jean shorts. The yeah, the the John Cena jorts of two thousand. I don't know. Raven did it. Jerry Lynn Jerry Lynn's holding this match up though, for sure. Of course he is, Joe. Oh, he's going for that's incredible. Oh, Jerry's going for the uh oh nice spike, spike uh What is Steve Carino doing? Hit somebody with the chair already. He's like waiting to crack somebody with that chair. Here we go. He misses. Oh, drop kick. Wow. And you, you know what's funny here too? You have the two commentators. You have the Joey you have Joey Styles on commentary and Cyrus or Don Callis, who we've seen a yeah. lot of recently in the past two weeks on Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling. A lot of people don't know that that Callis got his uh, roots here in uh, pretty much ECW, Cyrus the Virus. So uh, did that whole TNA angle where he was kind of the, uh, you know, he also did the yeah the TNA angle where he was the corporation or whatever, you know, um, TNA. Yeah, he's been around the block. Yeah. Oh, there's Francine getting all up on Jerry Lynn. Uh-oh. Oh. Just incredible takes advantage. Oh man! Oh, just incredible just punched uh, Francine across her face. Just punched Francine across the face. I love Uh-oh. it. Nobody cares. Everybody, everybody popped for that too. <laughs> Is he gonna hit? That's incredible now. Yep, he's got it. That's incredible on the chair. Boom! Oh, he didn't get it on the chair. Oh, Jerry Lynn's eliminated. Oh, my God. Remember, guys, three-way dance rules. Elimination. Jerry Lynn's eliminated. That's incredible. 
What are they chanting? We want Sandman. Oh. Yeah, Sandman was supposed to come out. I think he did. He did end up coming out, from what I remember. They're like, we want someone that can't wrestle for shit. I, you know what's so funny, Joe? I don't, I thought Sandman won this match. I know he comes out, uh, the uh, Guilty as Charged 2001. Oh, and then he wins the championship there, right? And then Rhino beats yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rhino yeah, comes yeah, out yeah, complaining yeah, and shit. That's it. All right, Credible's taking it to Corino. Corino reverses. He gets hung up on the ropes all sloppy. Knocks uh, Credible out to the oh, outside here. Oh, God. Credible just looks so bad on those over-the-top rope spots. Those, those. Yeah, he's he's not hitting that shit right oh, at all. Oh, not at all. Decent super kick. Yeah, very good super kick. Yeah, that was a good one by him. Yeah, earlier in the match, uh, Credible also... He went over the rope, and it just oddly went over the rope for some reason. I have no idea. It just didn't make any sense to me. But look. Yeah, I feel like he does that a lot. Really great match, though, up to this point. I mean, like you said, Joe, Jerry Lynn was just, man, just, oh, my God, carrying people, right? I mean, just carrying them on his back. Yeah, this, that you know. Jerry Lynn getting eliminated. All right, here. This is what I remember very well. Now you'll see me coming up here because they're starting to come near my section. And they kind of got, he kind of went over the, I believe, the barricade here. And I was like standing on a fucking chair, like yelling at him. But they got all the camera on, camera work is on Francine right now. Yeah, she's saying, uh, you see the fucking bones in her back for some reason. We won't talk about that. <laughs> die. What the fuck did that sign just say? Die, Herbert, die, I believe. <laughs> Where am I? I'm here or somewhere. I see a bunch of new balances. <laughs> hey, Those man, they were all, they're alive and well this, to this day, baby. I love the new balance. <laughs> the fucking nerdy ass new balances. When you when you hit 45, you put them you on. You put them back on, right? You're, you're, you're 18 years old, you have them on, and then you're 45, you put them back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, this is young, some young ass kids in this crowd. Yeah, well, I was one of them. No, but dude, see that kid above Credible right now? He's like 12. Oh, yeah. ECW. Oh, the, ta- the table. The Sorry, the ladder spot right here. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Uh, I was like right the there. I think there's kids drinking beer in the crowd. I mean, I was drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, I'm looking for blonde hair. Was that KWK? No, KWK is not here. It looked like him. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe they, um, maybe that was it. Maybe they didn't show this spot. I thought they did. I don't know. All right. Oh, there's Howard. Got there's Karino the Howard Sword looking guy. I wonder if Lee's here. My buddy Lee. He's here. He might be. Oh yeah, he's here. I, I see him. I think he's over here, in the ringside, in the ringside area. Look for somebody with a ponytail and a dress on. <laughs> Lee's the man. He's the old school ECW guy. Joe, 
He's wearing a fucking kilt. People don't fucking know. People don't fucking know. There's Bill Apter right there. Fucking camera in hand. Every show. Talk about legends. These are legends, guys. See, this is the problem. You guys, you guys don't understand, man. We're hardcore. We like we went through all this stuff. Howard Stern guy. Dude, I know fucking tie-dye guy, man. I sat next to tie-dye guy. Oh my god. So many You times. need him. Oh my god. He used to oil his arms up. So I was like, uh, I, I used to like lift weights and I'm like, all right. So I would go, I'd, I'd do my arms too. I'd be like, oh, let me get some of that oil, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, here you go. Oh, man. Love fucking tight. All right. We got the ladder in the ring. Credible sitting Carino up. Oh, fucked up suplex on that. He just broke a piece of that ladder on Carino's back. That ladder is broke, guys. I mean, that thing is bent to shit. <laughs> Victory's uh, telling the ref. To, Victory's telling the ref to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't bleep it out on the WWE Network. Yeah, actually, me too. I mean, they changed the goddamn music. Oh man, he just oh, this guy just got knocked over. This is awesome. <laughs> Oh man! All right, they're back in the crowd back now. Back in the crowd again. Credible's got the the, uh, the stick. There, there are some young. Kids. I still call it the kendo stick. These people are really attractive in the crowd. <laughs> Joe, you're funny. Look at all those great ECW shirts. Oh my god! Oh man, some good ones in that crowd. Couple of refugees. So they're battling. This is this is uh you know uh what wh- what do you think the IQ of this crowd is? Oh, very high. We we had a very high IQ. Get get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Half of this crowd's fucking high school dropout. Joe <laughs> <laughs> loves, loves healing, man. He's he's a big time heel on you guys. It's not- Half of this crowd is is fucking never made it to eighth grade, probably. <laughs> hey man, I was there. Everybody's working at fucking. Everybody's working at fucking Vinny's Pizza. I was there. Oh, there's the guy. There's the oh, guy with the man. trench coat guy. There's the trench coat guy. He used to be at every. That was a show. Sti- that was a stiff uh, cane shot. Yeah, he's probably blow- busted open now. Yeah, there you is go. That Bru- is that Bruce Pritchard? Uh, he's going to throw him over the balcony of the Hammerstein Ballroom. What's this old lady doing there? There's the lady. There's the old lady with the, the short blonde hair. She used to be at all the shows. She's like, get him, you motherfucker. Credible's uh, using the cane to his advantage. He's kind of getting the crowd back. I'm telling you, people did not like Karina, man. I love Atlas Security. Atlas Security doing their job, man. I don't think this guy chanting ECW could speak English. He's saying the the fucking letters all weird. <laughs> like he's kind of just saying the sounds. He used to say E-C-Dub, not W. <laughs> no, I know, the dub. The dub. <laughs> that, that, that guy just now was trying hard. I don't think he spoke fucking English. He spoke English. 
Dude, I remember all these guys. This guy in the fucking uh, with the leather leather jacket, bro. This fucking guinea in the front row. Yeah. Oh, we everybody used to smoke cigarettes and weed too at the shows. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like smoke a couple Marlboros. Oh yeah. Didn't even care. I don't fucking even care, bro. No, I was at, all right. Carino steak incredible back to the ring for some reason. I, think I was at my stuff. camels then. No, I was at the and I was on the marble menthol kick. Yeah, marble menthol light. <laughs> smoking cigs in the crowd. Smoking cigs in the crowd. Light up a bowl. Light up a bowl. Drinking beers. <laughs> Easy <laughs> fucking W, baby. It's all about the experience, man. God. You'll take take home that old bitch. You'll never, you'll never fucking have that experience ever in your life, guys. If you're young watching this, never have it in your life. And I'm happy you're not going to have it in your life because I did and you didn't. <laughs> and guess what? That means I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> there we go. There's some ECW wannabes out there right now. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta heal it out a little bit too, baby. Oh man, vicious, vicious chops by Carino. Nice chops back and Carino. forth. Carino's amping it up. He's here. amping it up. He's busted open. He's bleeding everywhere. Oh, he's crimson red. Nice chops back and forth here. Incredible's on the comeback here. On a little bit of a comeback. The. You know, did a little. They did a little crowd fight. They did a little. They got busted open in a crowd. You know, bleeding all over the people. We love that. We love that shit. This match is pretty good. It's a good match. Yeah. You get a little bit of everything. Got a little bit of everything. The uh, the only problem I had with it was it got a little slow. Like right now, you know what I'm saying? Like after Jerry oh. Lynn left this match, it got really slow. Yeah, the the crowd work was pretty good. Going up to the balcony with the cane. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. They're back in the ring. He hit that's incredible for some reason. Uh, Carino kicked out with a one count. You know what always bothered me sometimes about ECW? That quick-ass three count by the ref every time. Yeah. I guess that was the thing. That was the thing. Like one, two, three. I'm like, okay. All right, Carino's got him. There it is. Oh, Carino got him. There you go. And we still quick, have this, the reigning, defending ECW World Heavyweight Champion. So they basically went back to the ring to end the match. That's sometimes that was, I you know, that's ECW style, but that's sometimes it was like weird. It's like the crowd's amped up. They're waiting for something. And then you end the match in five seconds with a fast three count. Well, the salmon oh, came out. Yeah. And the funniest thing about this is. See, I don't I, see this. This shit I don't agree with. I think he steals the belt here, bro. See, I don't agree with yeah. this. I feel like Carino's, Carino's the champ. The Salmon's a fucking washed up hobo at this point. 
Yep, that's what I remember. He stole the fucking belt. Yep. After seeing him in WCW, like, uh, well, he just lost all credibility. Well, what are you going to do? We popped for him. He um, he didn't even... It's funny. He didn't even come out to his music, I don't think, or they dubbed it over. He's like, I'm going to take the title. I'm like, all right. Yeah, this was... I think... Personally, being there, that this was very anticlimactic with him. The follow-up guilty as charge pay-per-view. I thought you got a better Sandman entrance. I thought it was a little more choreographed and whatnot. Because everybody thought, again, this was the last show. So everybody thought he was stealing the belt because he wasn't coming back. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a situation where like, oh, my God, well, what's going on? Like Steve Carino just won the match. We don't know, what was, but but Sandman came out and stole the belt. So people, people, that is weird. Yeah, it was just a very weird environment. And as you can see in the crowd, people were just like, no one was going crazy. People were like, oh my god, we got a quick three count. Everybody was expecting the Sandman to be there because even in the program and the and everything prior to this, they said he was going to be making his return. We were like, when is he going to make his return? He didn't show up the whole pay-per-view. And then eventually, all of a sudden, you see him here at the end of this match after Steve Carino just won and just steal the belt. Yeah, he steals steal his fucking thunder, steal his belt, steal his win. Yeah. You know, and it even says right Yeah, it even says right here in the program, with only five matches announced and several people still not on the card, things are sure to get extreme. What will the Sandman do? And it even says here, appearing tonight, the Sandman the hardcore icon returns to New York City. Again, it's a situation where we're all baffled. We're all crazy. We got a really great start to the match. Not that we didn't get a great finish. They did some crowd battling and whatnot. You know, you had Steve Carino with his finisher, gets the one, two, three, and then out of nowhere, and again, like I said, he didn't come, I don't believe his music came on, like the Enter Sandman music, where, you know, he used to have these drawn-out entrances. He just goes in the ring, beats, you know, Steve Carino up with a cane, and walks out with the title. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? That was really, and you look at that crowd, and you listen to that crowd, that's exactly what we're, what was going on. We're like, what is going to happen? I'd, I'd be thinking the same thing. Yeah. And we literally walked out of that show thinking that there was nothing going to happen, that there wasn't going to be another pay-per-view. And I think they were they may have even been handing flyers out or there was rumble ones because we stayed afterwards too. We didn't like rush out of the shows and we found out there was gonna be one more. Guilty as charged would be the last one. You know what it got me amped up instead of the salmon if um Shaw came out. Dude. He started landing the, the punches. Dude. Oh, Shaw was so great, man. I saw him, I believe I saw him in the ECW arena. Yeah, I did. He was like a he was like a bootleg one man gang. Oh, everybody was behind him though, bro. <laughs> I know. Really quickly, uh re- what you mentioned wrestling figure wise, you know, you look at those ECW FTM figures or the OSFTM ECW figures, amazing. But now you look at Sandman coming back with the whole hack tattoo and stuff like that. It's so funny because you have that WCW Toy Biz figure of him, which kind of is very similar to what he was wearing in this match. So really, I mean, Joe, if you wanted to recreate this match 
to a certain extent. I mean, you got that hack figure, that Power Slam WCW Toy Biz hack figure you could use for this match. You got a whole set of OSFTM figures that, you know, obviously you can use it with that OSFTM ring. I mean, oh my God, I, what what an awesome way to recreate this massacre on 34th Street at the Hammerstein Ballroom, man. Crazy memories. Brings it back. It's December. It was freezing out. I remember how freaking cold I was standing out there online in Manhattan in New York City. Oh, it was just like the environment was incredible. What a great ECW pay-per-view. Again, wrestling-wise, story-wise, eh, little, eh. But I thought they were still doing a good job. And like you said, you know, what else were they going to do? They had to, God forbid they got the funding, right? God forbid they they found an investor that wanted to breathe life into this company. They needed to go somewhere. So they were putting it all on the shoulders of people like Rhino, people like Steve Carino, people like Jerry Lynn, people, you know, like C.W. Anderson, Dreamer, you know, these guys, you know, Sandman was just a, basically a guy that I, I think that they threw in there just for nostalgia purposes at that point. You know what I'm saying? Bring him back, have a little nostalgia with it, you know, have him drink a bunch of beers, crack some cans over his hand. Let's hear the Enter Sandman music play and, and, and go home. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's funny at that point in time in 2000, how he was even just being used as that to a certain extent, you know, get, get crowd pops and, and kind of get a little bit of a nostalgia going. Um, but I don't know. What do you think overall with this main event? What would you give it as far as a, a star? Is it, you got a three star on it. You got a four star on it. What do you think? Five stars? For this match, I'd probably give it like a two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm at about three, you know. I'm about a, probably a three. And I, I do I, I do say a three just because I think Jerry Lynn did an incredible job in the beginning of that match. I mean, that was it's just incredible. I do like Carino's also presence. I thought he did a really good job working the match. You know, I do like the way he does tell a story in the ring. And I like you said, it comes, it starts in the beginning. He looks like the champ. He's got the beautiful attire. He's got the belt. He does do the blade job, gets a little color on his face at the end there, comes away with the win. So you put those two elements together. I'm okay with it. The just incredible stuff was just getting old at that point. You know, I just didn't care for it at this at this point. And um, I really just only liked him with the Impact players too. I mean, I thought him and Lance Storm were incredible. I'm not very big fan of his singles run, but that's just me. So I give it a three stars. And that's it, Joe. I think that's it this week. I'm gonna post some um, images on the Instagram and Twitter. I'm gonna post some images on the Instagram and Twitter pages at SQD Circle AFP of the program. I'm going to be posting some images of the actual wrestling figures as well that we mentioned here, the Jerry Lynn, the Steve Carino, the Just Incredible, and maybe I'll just get hack for the hell of it. Maybe if I'm at Funkenstein, maybe they got a hack line around there. You have to tune in tune in next week to see what our Funkenstein finds. Tune in next week for our Funkenstein finds. Tune in tomorrow for our YouTube live stream. It's our first one ever where we're going to be reviewing the ultimate wrestling figures of 2020, Joe. That's going to be super awesome. I'm amped up, man. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to do it. That's December 13th. Again, tomorrow, Sunday, December 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's it, Joe. That's the one, two, three, uh, this week's main event. So don't forget, everybody. Check back next week. We'll see you tomorrow. 
And the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure collecting. <laughs>